نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله Verily the praise belongs to Allah We praise Him, seek His assistance and forgiveness And we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds Whoever Allah guides, there is no one that can lead him astray And whoever Allah leads astray, there is no one that can guide him I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone And that He has no partners or associates And I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave servant and his messenger. This evening, bi-idhnillahi ta'ala, we would like to continue with that which remains from the explanations or the sharh of Nawaqid al-Islam or the things which nullify a Muslim's Islam in this the tenth lecture in this series we would like to look at the ninth the ninth of those Nawaqid the ninth nullifier mentioned by Imam Muhammad Ibn Abdul Wahhab Rahimahullah in this brief essay the ninth nullifier he says Qala Rahimahullah من اعتقد أن بعض الناس يسعى الخروج يسعه الخروج عن شريعة محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم كما وسع الخضر الخروج عن شريعة موسى عليه السلام فهو كافر من اعتقد أن بعض الناس يسعه Al-Khuruj and Shariatul Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam And whoever believes, whoever holds the belief That it is permissible or allowed Or it is possible for some of the people That they be exempt from the Sharia The divine revealed law of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam That they don't have to comply with the Sharia of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam كما وسع الخضر الخروج عن شريعة موسى عليه السلام just as it was allowed or it was permissible for الخضر to be exempt from the sharia of موسى عليه السلام whoever believes such فهو كافر then he is a disbeliever as we have said again and again the purpose of these The mentioning of these nawaqid is not so that we might make a ruling on any particular individual who has fallen into such that he is a kafir. But it is so that we would know, so that we would avoid falling into it, and that we can warn others from falling into it. And not that we want to search and look amongst the Muslims to see who has fallen into any of these nullifiers, so that we may declare them to have gone out of Islam. But the ruling on any individual being declared as going out of Islam by the commission of any of these acts which are mentioned as the Nawaqir of Islam 
is something that requires examination, investigation, and the fulfilling of the conditions as well as the confirmation of the absence of those things which prevent the declaration of kufr or the takfir on a Muslim. Indeed, this matter, the belief that someone might be free from the requirements of the Sharia that was revealed to the Prophet Muhammad as Khidr was exempt from the Sharia of Musa this idea, it is widespread amongst the Muslims today as it has been in the past. It is indeed a dangerous matter. And as we will see, ta'ala, it is a belief that is foreign to Islam and it is contrary to the evidences of Quran and Sunnah and the basic principles of the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Before mentioning uh, the details of this discussion, First, we want to remind ourselves of the status of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned him in the Qur'an in many places. And from amongst those sayings is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, قُلْ يَا يُهَنَّاسِ إِنِّي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ إِلَيْكُمْ جَمِيعًا That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to say, O oh people, Ya يُهَنَّاسِ he ordered him to say this, Ya Yohannas, Inni Rasulullahi ilaykum jamiyan. I am the messenger of Allah to you, sent to you, all, everyone, the whole of humanity. In fact, he has been sent to the whole of creation. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in another place, uh, That we have not sent you except as a rahmah, as a mercy for, the, for all of the world. That includes the jinn as well as the men. Indeed, the Prophet ﷺ, in that which he has brought by the permission of Allah, the perfect guidance and the completed religion, it is indeed a mercy for all of the world. Al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, rahimahullah, <coughs> mentions as a proof for his statement that whoever believes such, that he is out of Islam, that he has nullified his Islam, he mentions the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-An'am, chapter 6, verse 153, وَأَنَّ هَذَا صِرَاتِي مُفْتَقِيمًا That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says indeed, verily, this is my path, this is my way, صِرَاتِي مُفْتَقِيمًا Straightway, the straightway of Allah, the path of Allah, it is the straightway. And he said after declaring this, وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا أَصْصُبُلْ أَوْ فَاتَّبِعُوهُ فَاتَّبِعُوهُ The order first to follow this way, the way of Allah, the straight path of Allah. وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا أَصْصُبُلْ And do not follow other ways. Any other way. And the straight way, the way of Allah is it, it is one way, and every other way is deviation. فَاتَّبِعُوهُ Then you are ordered to follow it. وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا subul And don't follow any other ways. فَتَفَرَّقَ بِكُمْ عَنْ سَبِيلِهِ Because indeed following any of the other ways, it will cause you to go astray. It will cause you to go away from the path of Allah, to separate from His path. يعني, the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
Indeed, the path of Allah, it is that which has been demonstrated and exemplified in the life of the Prophet And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala declared that this is the best way. And he has sent the Prophet as a model and example for humanity. لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا That indeed you have in the Messenger of Allah an excellent example, a model to be followed, a pattern of conduct in the Messenger of Allah. لِمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُ اللَّهُ وَالْيَوْمَ الْآخِرَةِ وَذَكَرَ اللَّهِ كَثِيرًا That is for whoever, and he hopes, has hope in Allah and the last day. Whoever hopes in the reward of Allah and that which would take place on the last day the judgment and the recompense for the deeds of this world and whoever remembers Allah much the example it is the Prophet Muhammad he is the example and the model that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given for humanity to follow the path of Allah the straight path of Allah has been explained by the Prophet ﷺ in the authentic hadith which is reported in the Musnad of Imam Ahmed and the Sunan of Abu Dawood al-Sayalisi and the Mustadrak of Hakim and others in, in which it is reported from Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu that he said خَطَّ لَنَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم خَطًّا that the Messenger of Allah Subhanahu, Messenger of has drawn for us a line. He has made a line on the ground, on, in the sand, in the dirt. He has drawn a line. ثُمَّ قَالَ هَذَا سَبِيلُ اللَّهِ Then he said, this line, this straight line, this is the path. It is the way of Allah. The straight path. It is the way of Allah. ثُمَّ خَطَّ خُطُوطًا عَنْ يَمِينِهِ وَعَنْ شِمَالِهِ Then he drew lines. To the right and to the left of that straight line, that one which is the way of Allah, the path of Allah. He drew lines on its right and he drew lines on the left. ثُمَّ قَالَ هَذِهِ سُبُلٌ مُتَفَرِّقَةٌ These are deviant ways, divided ways, separate ways that cause the people to separate. عَلَى كُلِّ سَبِيلٍ مِنْهَا شَيْطَانٌ يَدْعُوا إِلَيْهِ Every one of these ways that separate the people from the straight way, the way of Allah, has at the head of it a shaitan, a devil, a satan, calling people to that way, to that deviant way. And we see in the world today, forget about the non-Muslims, amongst the Muslims, we see the people traveling so many ways, other than the way of Allah, the straight way, the way of the Prophet ﷺ, and every one of those ways has callers calling to them, leading the people astray. ثُمَّ قَرَعَ Then the Prophet ﷺ recited وَأَنَّ هَذَا الصِّرَاطِ مُسْتَقِيمًا فَاتَّبِعُوهُ وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا الصُّبُلْ فَتَفَرَّقَ بِكُمْ عَنْ سَبِيلِهِ After this demonstration of showing the people that Allah's way is one way, it is just a straight line. There is not more than one way to reach the paradise, to earn the pleasure of Allah. There is only one way. And every other way, it is the ways of deviation, the ways of the shayateen calling the people away from the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Indeed we find even some of the people, they call their ways, ways. They said these are our ways, our turuq, the tariqah of tijaniyyah, and the tariqah of I don't know what. Uh, so many of them, they are saying this is a way. 
And the Prophet ﷺ made it clear that Allah's way is the straight way and it is only one way and every other way is deviation. Anyone who desires to act outside of the Sharia, the divine revealed laws that have been revealed to the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ, or who considers himself to be free of need of the Sharia, then such a one has renounced Islam. That person has gone out of Islam. Whoever wants to follow a different way outside of the Sharia of Allah that has been revealed to the Prophet ﷺ, or who declares themselves without need, they have no need of the Sharia but they have some other way that makes them free of need of the Sharia. Then this person has gone out of Islam. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullah, he said that whoever believes that one of the awliya, awliya Allah, the so-called saints or the friends of Allah, whoever believes that one of the awliya of Allah could have the same relationship with the Prophet Muhammad wasallam as Al-Khidr had with Musa salam, then such a one should be called to repent. Yustatab. Fa'intaba wa illa dhuribat unquhu. He should be recalled to repent. And if he repents, then he is saved. Otherwise, his neck should be struck. He should be killed. He should be executed. Whoever believes that somebody in this day and time, after the missioning of the Prophet Muhammad wasallam can be in relationship to him as Al-Khidr was to Musa yani that Khidr was exempt from the Sharia of Musa and he was not required to obey the law that was revealed to Musa He said that whoever does so, he should be called to repent. And if he repents, then he is saved. Otherwise, he should be executed. وَمَنِ اَعْتَقَدَ أَنَّهُ يَصُوغُ لِأَحَدٍ الخروج عن شريته وطاعته فهو كافر يجب قتله Likewise, whoever believes that it is permissible for someone to be exempt from the sharia of Muhammad and to be exempt from obedience to him such a person is a kafir whose execution is obligatory He also said in another place in the Majmu'a Fatawa that whoever claims to have a tariq من ادعى أن له طريقا إلى الله يوصله إلى رضوان الله وكرامته وثوابه غير الشريعة التي بعث بها رسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم فإنه كافر يستتاب فإن تاب وإلا ضربت عنقه يعني whoever claims that he has a طريق a way which leads him to earning the pleasure of Allah and his honor and his reward other than the Sharia with which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has missioned his messenger Muhammad sallallahu then such a person is a kafir who should be called to repent. If he repents, then he is saved. Otherwise, his neck should be struck. That is, he should be executed. Al-Qadi, Abu al-Fadl, Iyad, Al-Yahsubi, Rahimahullah. He said, whoever claims an nubuwa whoever claims prophethood for himself, or the possibility of acquiring it, or reaching the level of prophethood through purity of the heart like the philosophers and the extremist Sufis and similarly whoever from amongst them claims that revelation comes to him though he does not claim in Nubuwa yani he claims that revelation is coming to him but he doesn't claim that he is a prophet or that he ascends to the heavens and enters paradise and eats from its fruits and hugs the Hur al-Ain, the virgins of paradise all of these 
are kuffar who deny the truth of that brought by the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu and accuse him of lying. Indeed, it is obligatory to follow and obey the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu and it is prohibited to follow any other way. The pro- there is no doubt that the Quran commands us to follow the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and avoid disobedience to him. In the ayat concerning this, are many. What's more than that, disobedience to him is one of the causes which necessitate someone's entering the hellfire. Yani disobedience to the Prophet ﷺ, it is a cause that requires a person that if Allah is just to them and gives them their just due, that they would have to enter the hellfire for conscious, yani willing disobedience to the Prophet ﷺ. This is clearly stated in the Musnad of Imam Ahmed and the Sahih of Al-Bukhari, rahimahumullah. On the authority of Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu said that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Kullu ummati yadkhulun al-jannah illa man aba He said all of my followers, all of my ummah will enter the paradise except those who refuse. Qalu wa man ya aba ya Rasulullah They said and who will refuse? Yani who will refuse to enter the paradise? Is there anybody that would refuse to enter paradise? O Messenger of Allah Qala من أطاعني دخل الجنة ومن أطاعني فقد أبى Whoever obeys me, he has entered the paradise. Whoever obeys me, he has entered the paradise. It is as though he is guaranteed paradise. It is as though he has already entered. Because it is obedience to the Prophet ﷺ that qualifies and entitles a person to earn the favor of Allah and his reward and his mercy and to enter his Jannah. Whoever obeys me will enter the paradise, and whoever disobeys me, وَمَنْ أَصَانِي فَقَدْ أَبَى The one who disobeys me, that is the one who has refused. That is the one who has refused to enter the paradise. Indeed, Islam in its final form, yani meaning that all of the prophets came with Islam. إِنَّ الدِّينَ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ الْإِسْلَامِ The way, the deen with Allah, it is Islam. Every prophet came with Islam. Islam is not a new way of life that was brought for the first time by the Prophet Muhammad But the deen of Musa, it was Islam. And the deen of Isa, it was Islam. And Ibrahim and all of the Anbiya, the deen was Islam. But Islam in its final form, as it has been perfected, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, لَقَدْ الْيَوْمَ أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ Today I have completed and perfected for you your deen. It is with the revelation of Qur'an that was given to the Prophet Muhammad and the sharia that was given to the Prophet Muhammad that al-Islam was completed. الْيَوْمَ أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ وَأَتْمَمْتُ عَلَيْكُمْ نِعْمَتُمْ And I have completed or given to you, perfected my favor for you. It is with the perfection, it is with the revelation that was given to the Prophet ﷺ that Islam was perfected and it is its final form. This is the seal of the divine laws which Allah has sent down to His Prophets and Messengers Accordingly, the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ, he is the seal of the Prophet Khatim al-Anbiya, he is the seal of the Prophets. There is no Prophet to come after him. He is the final Prophet to be sent. Accordingly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Al-Ahzab, chapter 33, verse 40, 
ما كان محمد أبا أحد من رجالكم ولكن رسول الله وخاتم النبيين وكان الله بكل شيء عليما that indeed Muhammad the Prophet Muhammad is not the father of any of your men but he is the messenger of Allah he is the messenger of Allah Rasulullah وخاتم النبيين and he is the seal of the Prophet that is the final Prophet after whom no Prophet or messenger would come and Allah is ever aware of everything it has been reported also in the Sahih of Al-Bukhari concerning this ayat and the meaning of this ayat the finality of prophethood in the sending or the missioning of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he made the matter clear by an example or a parable or a similitude he said inna mathali wa mathal al-anbiya min qabli yani the similitude or the example in comparison uh, in comparing me with the other prophets before me he said it is kamathali rajulin bana baytan فأحسنه وأجمله إلا موضع لبنة من زوايا. يعني he has it is the example of a man who has built a house and he has built it well. He has built it beautifully and nicely. He has perfected the building of it except for the place of one brick in a corner. يعني one brick was left out. He said فجعل الناس يطوفون به ويعجبون له and the people began to go around it, looking at it, being amazed at its beauty and perfection and excellence. وَيَقُولُونَ هَلَّا وُضِيَتْ هَذِهِ اللَّبِنَةِ Or would that this brick would be put in its place. Only if this brick would be placed in its place, then it would be perfect, it would be complete. There's nothing coming after that. The Prophet ﷺ said, فَأَنَا اللَّبِنَةِ وَأَنَا خَاتِمِ النَّبِينَ He said, I am like that brick the final brick that is remaining and the structure is completed and I am the seal of the prophets and that example makes it clear that any other interpretation of Khatim and Nabiin that it is false that he is the stamp of approval but yet prophets may come after him they have to be in accordance with what he came with it is not so the Prophet said I am like that brick it is the end there is nothing after me what is the meaning of Khatim al Nabi? means final, there is nothing after that. The matter is finished. The structure is completed. It is perfected. For this reason, when Isa returns, and it is the belief of the Muslims, it is the aqidah of Islam, that when Isa returns just before the hour of judgment, he will not come with a new message nor anything to complete or perfect the message of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu He will merely judge by the sharia of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu which is already perfect and complete, as long as Allah wills that he rule. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring about the final signs of the judgment and, that, and the end of this world. Indeed, Allah has made it obligatory upon the whole of humanity to obey his Prophet Muhammad yani it is required of every human being to follow the way of the Prophet and to obey him and to take him as an example Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it obligatory in all of humanity to obey the Prophet Muhammad and after this obligation being placed on the people some of them obeyed him some of them obeyed Allah's will they followed what Allah willed and they obeyed the Prophet they believed in him and they followed his example while some of them disobeyed. For this reason, the Ummah 
the Ummah of the Prophet Muhammad the Ummah that he has been sent to, it has been divided into two divisions, Ummah Ijaba and Ummah to Da'wah. Ummah to Ijaba, it literally means the people who answered his call and it refers to those who obeyed him and followed the light of guidance that is with him. As for the Ummah to Da'wah, literally it means all of the people to whom he has been sent to call or to invite. It means all of the nations of the earth he has been sent to call them. And this Ummah to Da'wah, it includes those, all of those who arrogantly refused to obey him and to follow him. The Ummah to Da'wah, or, or this group of people that is from amongst the nations of the earth, all of them without exception, includes the Christians and Jews to whom revelation has been given and prophets have been sent. And more so it includes those who don't have any claim to prophethood or who don't have any trace or any record amongst them remaining of the prophet who has come to them. Then more so they are required to follow the prophet Muhammad However, it is clear from the hadith of the prophet that nobody is left out, not even those who have a claim to prophethood, who claim that they have revelation, and they claim to be following a prophet, also they are not left out from the Ummah to Da'wah, those whom he has been sent to call. And this is referred to in the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, reported on the authority of Abu Hurairah anhu, And it is reported by Al-Imam Muslim in his Sahih, in the book of Iman. It is reported that the Prophet swore by Allah وَالَّذِي نَفْسُ مُحَمَّدٍ بِيَدِهِ I swear by the one in whose hand is the soul or the life of Muhammad لَا يَسْمَعُ بِي أَحَدٌ مِنْ هَذِهِ الْأُمَّةِ He said, no one from this Ummah who hears about me. This Ummah, هذه Ummah. What Ummah? Ummah to Da'wah. The Ummah, the nations of the earth, all of the nations of the earth, to whom he has been sent. The whole of humanity, without exception. لا يسمع بي أحد من هذه الأمة يهودي ولا نصراني ثم يموت ولم يؤمن بالذي أرسلت به إلا كان من أصحاب النار. He said that I swear by the one in whose hand is my soul. There is no one who hears about me from this Ummah. Whether he is a Christian or a Jew, whether he is a Christian or a Jew even who hears about me and then dies without believing in that with which I have been sent, that is Al-Islam and the Qur'an and the straight way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is no one who hears about me from this Ummah, Ummah to Da'wah. And he dies without believing in that which I have been sent with, except that he will be one of the companions of the hellfire. Al-Imam al-Nawawi, rahimahullah, in his explanation of this hadith and the Sahih of Muslim, he said, as Amma al-Hadith al-Thani, and it is the second hadith in this chapter, which is our hadith under discussion, he said it contains the indication of the abrogation of the previous nations, yani the messages that have been sent to them, kulluha bi risalat nabiyyina sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Yani that the message of our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam abrogates the message of every previous nation and every Prophet that has come to them meaning the Christians and Jews and whoever else prophets came to. And it also can be understood from this hadith that whoever the, the, the call of Islam has not reached, 
from the prophethood of Muhammad whoever the call has not reached them then he is excused then he is excused because he said whoever hears about me and that which I have been sent with and doesn't believe in it he said as for his saying لا يسمع بي أحد من هذه الأمة that no one from this ummah who hears about me it means he said from amongst those who are present in my time and after me until Yawmu Qiyamah it means every person who is present on the earth in his lifetime and after his lifetime until Yawmu Qiyamah he said all of them are obligated to enter into obedience of the Prophet Al-Imam Nawawi rahimahullah says that indeed the reason why he has mentioned the Jews and the Christians it is to call to our attention those who are other than them, besides them it is because the Jews and the Christians they have been given a book they have a book amongst them so if this is the situation of those who have a book amongst them that they have to still follow the Prophet then what about those who have no book amongst them they are required more so and Allah knows best Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah concerning the claim of the Sufis and their attempt to escape from following the Sharia and it is as a fundamental belief amongst most of the Sufi groups the idea of the Qur'an having an inner and outer meaning yani an obvious meaning that's for the common people everybody can understand it and then it has a secret meaning that only the special people can understand that is those who follow their turuq, their ways this idea it is the idea of some exclusiveness that is special to a particular people not everybody can, can have it, not everybody can earn it and what it leads to is that they become so special that they are not like the common people who are required to obey the Prophet ﷺ and follow his way and adhere to his sharia but they become free of need of it because they have excelled and they have risen to some status and height where they don't need the sharia of Muhammad wasallam, the messenger of Allah Shaykh Rasulullah ibn Taymiyyah he says in the Majmu Fatawa from amongst them is the one, yani those who abandon the sharia from amongst them is the one who thinks that strictly adhering to the sharia its commandments and prohibitions is only obligatory as long as he has not achieved Al-Ma'rifa or Al-Hal Yani some kind of special condition the, the level that somebody has reached of perception or knowledge or a condition that they are high above the normal people as long as they have not reached this level then they are required to strictly adhere to the Sharia however if he achieves this level at that point it is no longer obligatory upon him to adhere to a Sharia and Nabawiya the divine law revealed to the Prophet Muhammad rather he is then entitled to act according to Al-Haqiqah Al-Qawniyya Al-Qadariyya the divinely decreed universal reality yani he, he is in, in accordance with the Qadr the divine reality of Qadr and he doesn't have to be concerned with the Sharia otherwise he may act in accordance with what is dictated by his taste or his feeling or sentiment or the illumination or that which is unveiled to him or his opinion without adhering to the Qur'an and Sunnah 
He said that three are the cases of those people who have gone off the path in this way. From amongst these are those, the one who is punished by Allah for deviating from the Sharia and abandoning it and rejecting it. Allah punished them by taking away their senses such that he becomes an invalid, incapacitated and deprived. And a dysfunctional human being. And the one who is punished by taking away a ta'ah, yani the inclination to obey Allah. He loses the inclination to obey Allah. Allah, that is the punishment that Allah caused for him for rejecting the sharia. Such that he becomes a fasid, a sinful person who doesn't even attempt to obey Allah. And the third of them, the worst of them, is the one who is punished by taking away al-iman. Until he becomes a hypocritical apostate or an open disbeliever. These people are very numerous. That was in the time of Shaykh al-Samir Taymiyyah, 800 years ago. And many of them use as a proof for their deviation the story of Musa and al-Khidr How do they use the story of Musa and al-Khidr? Shaykh al-Samir Taymiyyah in another place in the Majmu'ah Fatawa, he said, as for the using the story of Musa and al-Khidr as a proof, they use it in two ways. The first of them, I must admit, it is some kind of Sufi philosophy that I don't understand. He said, indeed, they say that indeed Al-Khidr was a witness to Al-Irada Al-Rabbaniyya Al-Shamila. Yani that which perhaps we may say, it means the all-encompassing divine will. The divine will of Allah, that encompasses everything. As well as Al-Mashiyah, Al-Ilahiyya, Al-Ama, the general divine will. Shaykh al-Islam said, this means the Haqiqah, Al-Haqiqah Al-Qawniyah, the universal reality. Yani if they understand, according to their claim, the universal reality of things, then they don't have to be worried about the mere rules and laws of Sharia. Because they are above it. For this reason, they claim that such a person who reached this level, he is not blamed for his violations of the legal religious commands and prohibitions. And we find that the leaders of the Sufi Turuq, the ways of Sufiya, we find that their leaders are not blamed by their followers. If they in front of them openly engage in disobedience, and I have seen this in America, some of the leaders of the Sufi groups, their followers don't criticize them, and they try to defend. They are openly engaging in that which is clearly known by the common people to be haram. He says, this is the worst type of ignorance and misguidance. Rather, it is the worst type of hypocrisy and disbelief. Indeed, the meaning of these words, yani the essence of what they are saying, is that whoever believes in Al-Qadr, in the divine decree, and testifies that Allah is the Lord of everything, then the commands and prohibitions of the divine law are not obligatory on him. Yani it is only required of him to believe in Al-Qadr that everything happens by the decree of Allah. Therefore, whatever you do, it is by Allah's decree. Do as you like. As long as you believe in Al-Qadr and you believe that Allah is the Lord of everything, then the, uh, the laws, the prohibitions and the commands of the Sharia are not obligatory on such a person. Shaykh al-Sami said, this is kufr, disbelief. In all of the revealed books of Allah, not only the Qur'an, it is disbelief in the books of Allah and His messengers and the commands and prohibitions that they have come with. The second angle or the second way that they use the story of Musa and Khidr السلام, he said indeed some of them think that it is permissible for some of the awliya, the saints or the friends of Allah, whatever they call, that, some, that it is permissible for some of them to act outside of the divine law revealed to the Prophet 
as it was not required of Al-Khidr to follow the law of Musa. Yani, this one is more common and it is found amongst the people today. We have seen it and it is clear what they are saying. That these so-called saints, that they are outside of the divine law of the Prophet ﷺ in the same way that Al-Khidr was outside the law of Musa They also think that the Wali, the saint, might receive from Al-Mukashifa, visions that he sees, or Al-Mukhataba, voices that he hears. That from these visions and these voices that he hears, he might receive that which renders him free of need of following the Prophet ﷺ in general or in some situations or circumstances. Yani he doesn't need to follow the Prophet ﷺ because what he is receiving, the visions that he sees and the voices that he hears from shaitan, it is sufficient for him. Many of them even consider the wali as they claim, whoever they claim to be a wali, either absolutely or in some aspects to be above the Nabi, the Prophet ﷺ, arguing that they have proof of this in the story of Al-Khidr. And in the story of Al-Khidr, they said this is a proof that the wali, as they claim, those who they claim to be wali, could be superior to a prophet. It is their claim that Al-Khidr was superior to Musa. They said then this is a proof that a wali, he can be higher and better than a prophet. Each of these sayings entail the greatest ignorance and misguidance. Rather, they are the most evil type of hypocrisy, deviation, and kufr. Indeed, it is of those things which of necessity are known to be from the deen of Islam. It is known to everyone, not only to the scholars, but even to the common people, that the risala or the message of the Prophet Muhammad ibn Abdullah وسلم, is for the whole of humanity, the Arabs and the non-Arabs, the kings and the ascetics, the scholars and the common people, and that this message of the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, it will remain and continue in effect until Yawm In fact, his risala, his message is general for the jinn as well as the men. It is not the right of anyone in creation to abandon following the Prophet ﷺ, obeying him and strictly adhering to the matters of deen which he has legislated for his ummah as well as what he taught through his sunnah related to fulfilling the commandments and avoiding the prohibitions. And finally, he says, not only that, even the earlier prophets who came before him, if they were alive, it would have been obligatory for them to follow and obey him, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And this is uh, indicated in a hadith that perhaps the more correct opinion concerning it is that it is not sahih. As Shaykh al-Bani rahimahullah said concerning the hadith of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu anhu when he brought to the Prophet sallallahu some pages of the Torah and he wanted to present it to the Prophet sallallahu and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said يعني, are you from those who are يعني, confused those who have lost the way, who have fallen into error. And the Prophet ﷺ in that hadith, he said that if Musa was alive today, he wouldn't have any choice. It wouldn't be permissible or possible for him except to follow me. However, the more correct opinion concerning that hadith 
is that it has some defects in it. Shaykh al-Islam said, in fact, it has been confirmed in the authentic hadith, and that hadith is sahih, that when al-Masih, the Messiah, Isa ibn Maryam, salam, descends from the heavens, he will follow the Sharia, the divine revealed law of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and he will rule by the Sharia of the Prophet sallallahu wasallam without adding to it or making any change whatsoever. Therefore, if the following and supporting of the Prophet ﷺ is obligatory upon the Prophet, the Prophets, if any Prophet had reached his time, it would be obligatory on them, then what about those people who are less than the Prophet? They are not required to follow the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ. Further, of that which of necessity is known to be from the deen of Islam, is that it is not permissible for anyone who the call of the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ has reached to even follow the Sharia of another Prophet. Yani it is not allowed for somebody if the message of Islam as it was revealed in the Qur'an to the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ, if it reached someone from amongst the Christians or Jews, it is not permissible for them to stay upon that which they are upon following the message that they had from a Prophet. Distorted or intact. And it is distorted, no doubt. But it is not permissible, even if it was intact, for them to continue following that which was revealed to a previous prophet. So what about uh, those who follow other than the prophet and claim to be without need of the sharia of the prophet Muhammad Therefore, if it is not permissible to abandon the sharia of the prophet Muhammad for the sharia of another messenger, then what about the one who abandons him? Yani abandons the Prophet ﷺ as well as the other prophets and messengers likewise. Here Shaykh al-Islam argues against the uh, claim of those who have deviated concerning this issue of the obligation of following the sharia of the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ and particularly the Sufi people who use the story of Musa and Al-Khidr as an excuse to say that it is permissible for someone in the time of a prophet to be excused or exempt from following that prophet and the law that has been given to him. He said of those things which make clear the error of those who used the story of Musa and Al-Khidr as a proof to justify their opposing the Sharia is that Musa was not missioned as a prophet to Al-Khidr, nor did Allah make it obligatory upon Al-Khidr to follow Musa or to obey him. Yani Musa salam, he was sent to Bani Israel, and Al-Khidr was not from Bani Israel. Therefore he was not sent to him as a prophet. He, was, he went to him to learn from him. As it is reported in numerous narrations in the Sahih al-Bukhari and others, that when Musa salam, once stood up gave, and gave a speech to the Bani Israel, in some of the narrations he said until he cried and the people cried. And when he finished somebody asked him, Who is the most knowledgeable person in the earth? And he said, I am. And then Allah condemned him. And Allah rebuked him. And said that there is a servant from amongst my servants who is more knowledgeable than you. Who is more knowledgeable than you. And then the Prophet Musa salam, he asked Allah, how can I meet him? And he went to meet him. He wasn't sent to him as a prophet. But he was sent to him to learn from him. 
to learn from him as a lesson from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his not attributing the knowledge to Allah, to Allah alone. As in some of the narrations they said that Khidr, he said to Musa salam, that my knowledge and your knowledge, and in some of the narrations, my knowledge and your knowledge and the knowledge of the whole of creation in comparison to the knowledge of Allah is like that. Especially and particularly and exclusively. But however I have been sent to the people, the whole of humanity in general. Therefore the da'wah or the call of the Prophet Muhammad is inclusive of all of the servants of Allah. Hence it is not permissible. And therefore it is not permissible for anyone to abandon following and obeying him, nor to claim to be free of need of his risala, his message or the revelation that came to him. No one can claim that they are free of need in the way that it was permissible and that Al-Khidr was free of need of following the Prophet Musa being sufficed from following Musa by the knowledge which Allah had taught him. Yani Khidr, he said that I have been giving some knowledge inni ala ilmin min ilmin lahi. I have some knowledge which Allah has taught me that you don't know. And you have knowledge which Allah has taught you, which I don't know. And what I have is sufficient for me. And what you have is sufficient for you. And in some of the narrations of the hadith, he said, لا ينبغي. Yani Al-Khidr, he said, it is not uh, yani necessary, it is not expected that you should seek the knowledge which I have, nor that I should seek the knowledge which you have. What you have is sufficient for you. In some of the narrations, he said, isn't it sufficient that Allah has revealed to you the Torah and Allah is sending revelation to you? It is enough for you. What you have is sufficient, and what I have is sufficient. Therefore Allah sufficed him from following the Sharia of Musa Who can claim today that they have something which makes them free of need of following the Sharia of the Prophet Muhammad He said that there is no one who can claim to be free of need from following the Risala or the message of the Prophet Muhammad as Al-Khidr was sufficed from following Musa by the knowledge which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given to him. Likewise, it is not allowed for anyone who has been reached by the message of Islam to say to the Prophet I have some knowledge from the knowledge of Allah, Al-Ma'rifah, Al-Hal, or whatever they claim that they have, that I have some knowledge from the knowledge of Allah, which Allah has taught me, which you do not know. Indeed, whoever claims the permissibility of such or believes that someone, whether he is from the Zuhad, the ascetics, or the Ubad, the worshippers, or anyone else, whoever believes that someone, whoever he may be, has the right to abandon the da'wah or the call of the Prophet Muhammad or abandon following him, such a person is a kafir, disbeliever, by agreement of the Muslims. And the proofs of this in the Quran and Sunnah are more than can be mentioned here. The second point that Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentions concerning the argument against those who try to use the story of Al-Khidr and Musa as a proof 
for one for the permissibility of acting outside of the Sharia of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu he said additionally it should be noted that the story of Al-Khidr does not actually indicate the permissibility of acting outside of the Sharia yani this story does not prove that it's permissible for somebody to act outside of the Sharia for this reason when Al-Khidr made clear to Musa the reasons for which he had done what he did when he explained to him why he has made a hole in that boat and why he has killed this young apparently innocent boy and why he has repaired the wall of those people who refused to give them some food to eat why he has done so when he explained to Musa السلام, the reason for what he has done what he did Musa السلام, was in agreement with him and they had no difference at that point if the actions, and this is the end of the quotation of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah if the actions of Al-Qidr were actually in contradiction to the Sharia of Musa then he would not have agreed with him he would not have been in agreement with him but he would have differed with him this is the summary of what Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah said concerning this matter and indeed it contains an unequivocal clarification of this important issue Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said وَمَنْ يَبْتَغِي غَيْرُ الْإِسْلَامِ دِينًا فَلَا يُقْبَلَ مِنْهُ وَهُوَ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ That whoever seeks a religion or whoever desires as a deen something other than Islam فَلَا يُقْبَلَ مِنْهُ Then it will never be accepted from him يعني in the future as far as this, the life on this earth continues it will never be accepted not only in his lifetime but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he revealed this ayat he made it clear that it means forever for the future forever it will never be accepted from him and in the next life also he will be of the losers yani he will be of those people who will be punished this means that there is no deen acceptable to Allah after the missioning of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu except his deen that is al-Islam and that Sharia which has been revealed to him and there is no salvation from the hellfire on the day of judgment for anyone who is not practicing the deen of Al-Islam that which has been revealed to the Prophet from this it becomes crystal clear that it is not permissible for anyone to claim exemption yani to claim that they have the right of acting outside of the Sharia of the Prophet Muhammad as the extremist Sufis claim they distort the meaning of the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَعَبُدْ رَبَّكَ حَتَّى يَأْتِيَكَ الْيَقِينَ yani from chapter 15 verse 99 the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the order of Allah وَعَبُدْ رَبَّكَ and you are ordered to worship your Lord worship Allah حَتَّى يَأْتِيَكَ الْيَقِينَ until al-yaqeen comes to you and the scholars of tafsir said al-yaqeen it means that thing which is certain about which there is no doubt yani al-maut, death yani worship Allah until death comes to you that means you have to worship Allah whatever your condition or circumstance until you leave this world yani Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he said وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنِّ وَالْإِنسِ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ I have not created the men and jinn except to worship me and here he said therefore worship me the whole of your life in this world حَتَّى يَأْتِيَكَ الْيَقِينَ until that which is certain comes to you that is death they claim that al-yaqeen certainty means al-ilm wal-ma'arifah 
knowledge and realization and in some state that they reach through some deviation that has no basis in the sunnah or the sharia of the Prophet they reach some state or some condition and they call that al-yakim in other words they said everyone must worship his Lord until he or she reaches the level of al-yakim yani worship your Lord until the yakim yani until you reach this high level at that point one is no longer obligated to worship Allah but the Prophet ﷺ, he worshipped Allah until he left this world. And is it possible that anyone can reach some state higher than the state of prophethood? Better than the final prophet, the last of the messengers, the best of humanity? They claim that it is permissible for the one who has achieved this ilm and ma'rifah to abandon the sharia of Muhammad ﷺ. He was in need of it, but they are not in need. And they free him of at-takhalif responsibilities required of the sane who have reached the age of maturity they said he is not responsible he is not held accountable to fulfill the requirements of Islam or to avoid the prohibitions of the Sharia indeed this is kufr and it is going out of Islam by agreement of the Muslim scholars Al-Allama Ibn Qayyim Rahimahullah in his poetry entitled An-Nuniyah and it is a long poem related to the Islamic Aqeedah and the matters of the Deen in one of the lines of that poem he said فَالْقُفْرُ لَيْسَ سِوَى الْعِنَادِ وَرَدِّ مَا جَعَ الرَّسُولِ بِهِ لِقَوْلِ فُلَانِ Yani that kufr, it is nothing more than stubbornness, al-inad, warrad, and rejection of what the messenger has come with for the saying of so-and-so. Kufr is no more than stubbornness refusing to submit and obey and it is no more than the rejection of something which the Messenger of Allah وسلم, has come with in preference to the opinion of so-and-so whoever he may be indeed if rejection of one thing which the Messenger of Allah وسلم, has come with if that is kufr then what about someone who rejects the Sharia in totality Wallahu musta'an Allah is the one whom we turn to and seek help from this is the end of what we wanted to present concerning this topic. Uh, quickly, we can look at the questions at the end of the handout. If there are any comments or questions or corrections, after we look at the questions of the handout, we'll take them. The first question, number one, discuss briefly the ninth naqid or nullifier of Islam. And it is that from amongst the nullifiers of Islam is the belief that some people are exempt, that they can go outside of the Islamic Sharia the Sharia of the Prophet Muhammad just as Al-Khidr went outside or acted outside of the Sharia of Musa number two mention a dalil or evidence for this naqid and he has mentioned at the beginning of it the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-An'am chapter 6 verse 152 that this is my way, my straight way, the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it is only one path or one way he said I order you then to follow it and don't follow the other ways for indeed they will cause you to deviate and to separate from his path how has the Prophet ﷺ explained this ayat in the hadith it is as we mentioned the hadith of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud in which the Prophet ﷺ drew a line on the ground and then he said that this is the path of Allah and then he draw the lines to the right and the left of it and he said these are the paths which separate 
and at the head of every one of them is the shaitan calling to it and then he read this ayat that this is my straight path so follow it and don't follow the other ways for indeed they will cause you to separate from his ways what is the ruling for the one who believes that it is permissible for someone to be exempt from the sharia of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam as shaykh al-islam said that anyone who believes that one of the awliya of Allah or any person for that matter can be in the same way with the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu as al-Khidr was with Musa salam, then that person should be called to repent and if he repents then he is saved and otherwise his neck should be struck and in another uh, statement he said that whoever believes that it is permissible for somebody to act, out, out, act outside of the Sharia of the Prophet and who does not have to obey him then such a person is a kafir and it is obligatory to execute him. Number five, what is the delil that obedience or disobedience of the Prophet ﷺ will be the cause of entering paradise or the hellfire? It is the saying of the Prophet ﷺ from Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu wherein he said, كل أمتي يدخلون الجنة إلا من أبا yani that all of my ummah, all of my followers will enter the paradise except he who refuses. And they said, who refuses, O Messenger of Allah? And he said, Men أَطَعَنِي دَخَلَ الْجَنَّةِ وَمَنْ أَطَعَنِي فَقَدْ أَبَى That whoever obeys me has entered the paradise and whoever disobeys me, disobeys me, then he has refused. And this is a clear proof that it is based on one's obedience or disobedience of the Prophet ﷺ that it will be determined if a person will be rewarded by Allah or punished. Explain the expressions Ummah, Ijaba and Ummah, Da'wah. And these two, these two expressions, as many of the scholars of the people of Sunnah have explained them, it means that the whole of humanity uh, have been obligated to obey the Prophet ﷺ, and based on whoever obeys him or disobeys him, they are divided into two divisions. Ummatun, Ijabatun, that is those who obey him and who follow the light which he has been sent with, and Ummatu Da'wah, that is those who proudly refuse to obey him or to follow him. Inshallah, we stop for the event. After then, complete the questions and take any comments that you have.
And the remaining questions <coughs> Question number seven mentions the hadith that suggests this division of the Ummah into two divisions Al-Ijaba wa Da'wa Because that which has been reported by Imam Muslim on the authority of Abu Hurairah anhu, in which the Prophet وسلم, said وَالَّذِي نَخْسُ مُحَمَّدٍ بِيَدِهِ that I swear by the one in whose hand is the soul of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam That there is no one from this ummah who hears about me whether he is from the Jews or the Christians and then he dies after hearing about me then he dies and he doesn't believe in that with which I have been sent, Al-Islam, the deen of Allah. There is no one from amongst them who dies in that condition except that he will be from the companions of the fire. And this hadith makes it clear that the ummah of the Prophet ﷺ is not only those who believed in him, but it also includes those who rejected him, who didn't believe in that which he has been sent with after hearing it, whether they be Christians or Jews or those who are less than them then they would be in the hellfire if they do not يعني, accept his da'wah. Number eight, how do the Sufis use the story of Al-Musa al-Khidr as a proof for their deviation? يعني, they use as a proof uh, this story. It is because of their idea that there are some people from amongst the awliya, as they claim, for whom it is permissible to act outside of the sharia of the Prophet ﷺ, just as uh, we find Al-Khidr acting outside of the Sharia of the Prophet Musa and not following him. Uh, <clears throat> and they claim that these people, they have some visions or they hear some voices or they have some other means of knowledge or some other means through which they reach a high level which makes them free of need of following the Prophet ﷺ absolutely or in certain situations or circumstances. Lastly, discuss the argument of Shaykh Islam Taymiyyah against them, and his argument against them is lengthy. However, the essence of his argument is that Al-Khidr, he was uh, given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala some knowledge that was sufficient for him, and therefore Allah made him free of need of that which had been revealed to Musa alayhi salam. Therefore, there is no comparison uh, between Al-Khidr and those today who claim that they are without need of the Prophet ﷺ Sharia because no one is getting any knowledge other than through that which Allah has revealed. Indeed, in the time of Musa, prophets were sent to their nation as Musa was sent to Bani Israel. In fact, it is recorded in the authentic hadith that when Musa found Al-Khidr and he greeted him with Salaam Alaikum, then Khidr said to him, is there someone using this greeting? And he said, who are you? He said, Ana Musa. Khidr said to him, Musa Bani Israel? You are the Musa that is sent to Bani Israel? He said, Naam. That means he was sent to those people. He wasn't sent to Khidr. So he was not sent as a prophet to Al-Khidr. And therefore he wasn't required to follow that Sharia which had been sent to him. Uh, <coughs> And also, Shaykh Islam Taymiyyah mentioned that, uh, that in this 
which is reported in the Quran or in the Sunnah concerning the incident of the meeting between Al-Khidr and Musa salam, that there is no indication that after Al-Khidr explained to Musa salam what he has done and why he has done it, there is no proof that they have differed concerning this matter and what he has explained to him it was sufficient to clarify his action and therefore there was agreement between them and there was no conflict between that Sharia which Musa salam has brought and the actions of Al-Khidr salam in any case. Or here we can take any questions or any comments from the brothers or the sisters. Naam. Naam. The Ummah, Ummah al-Da'wah, it includes all of humanity and, and the jinn as well. The Prophet ﷺ, he has been sent to the Al-Alameen. And from amongst the jinn, there are those who have accepted the message of the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ and who have believed. And Allah described them as believers. Some of them are believers and some of them are Muslims. And the Prophet ﷺ in authentic hadith, he made it clear that some of the jinn, they have believed in his message, they have accepted it and they have called their people to it. So indeed, they are from the jinn, those who have followed and accepted the message of the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ and they are those who have rejected it. They are those from amongst them who are believers and they are those from amongst them who are disbelievers. And he has been sent to both jinn and men. Now. Hmm. It can be achieved by what? By doing good deeds and remembrance of Allah. That many? Imam Ghazali? Well, I haven't read the books of uh, Al-Ghazali. Allah However, in any case, what we say, brother, for everyone, there is no exception from it, is that which has been brought by the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ, it is the perfected message and way that Allah has sent for humanity until Yawm Qiyamah. It is for the whole of humanity and it is until Yawm Qiyamah. Therefore, anybody who comes with something different from that, something that is not found in the message of the Prophet ﷺ, not in the Qur'an or the Sunnah, and it's not in, in agreement with the principles, the general principles of Islam, then it is rejected. It is rejected. Whoever comes with it, whether they got it by zikr or doing good deeds or whatever way they claim they have gotten it, there's nothing to get of this deen except through the sharia of the Prophet ﷺ. There's nothing after that. This is the only way. It is the way of perfection. And anything other than that is rejected. As the Prophet ﷺ, he said, مَنْ أَحْتَثَ فِي أَمْرِنَا هَذَا مَا لَيْسَ مِنْهُ فَهُوَ رَدٌ Whoever brings something new in this matter of ours, in this deen of Allah, that is not from it, it is not from the Sharia, it is not from the Quran and the Sunnah, for who It is rejected. We reject it. That is reported in Al Bukhari and Muslim. So we know that we cannot accept anything that the people brought, however they claim to have achieved it. And Allah knows best. The concept of Sufism. Well, of course, we have to know what does somebody mean when they say Sufism. In any case, the word Sufism, it is not from the legal terminology of Islam, the Sharia terminologies, okay? So, we, we don't use such a word. But if somebody use it and they define it as that which is in agreement with the Sharia, 
and it is based upon and derived from the authentic sunnah, then whatever name they call it, we, we cannot fight with them. But if they are doing something and they call it Sufism, it is contradictory to the Sharia and it is not based in the authentic sunnah, then it is rejected by whatever name they call on it. But we don't use this word, it is not from the Prophet ﷺ, nor from the Qur'an that there is such a way called Sufism in Islam. But if somebody yani, uh, is doing those things for tazkiyat al-nafs, to purify themselves, that is from the sunnah, ibadah and zikr and reading Qur'an, then if that is the way they are using from the Sharia to purify themselves, then it is acceptable, even if they call it Sufism. But we don't call it Sufism. Even Ma'rifah? What? I don't know what is Ma'rifah, really. What, what are they meaning when they say Ma'rifah? If they mean by Ma'rifah, knowledge, that is from Quran and Sunnah, it is okay. But if they mean something else, we don't accept it. Let's take the question from the sisters and then quickly we'll end with your question now. Okay. Um, the sisters asked the question, they said some people claim that Al-Khidr, that he will remain alive until the end of this world, so that he may guide the people. And, um, uh, I don't know, the end of the question, something about how do we, how, what do we say, how is he going out of this world? In any case, what we say is that nobody can live forever. Everybody has to die. The only one who has been born on this earth, who is remaining on this earth, or who is not remaining on this earth, but who is, and we can say is alive today, is Isa salam, because the Prophet salam, said that Allah has raised him up to himself. And he will descend to the earth and he will also die. As for Khidr being alive, some of the scholars said that this claim is a false claim. There is no proof for it in the Quran nor in the Sunnah. And the guiding of the people, it is not left to Al-Khidr. It is left to the prophets whom Allah has sent. And when he sent the final prophet, his message is sufficient to guide the people until Yawm Qiyamah. The Prophet ﷺ in the battle of Badr, when he prayed and supplicated to Allah, that Allah make them victorious, he said, because if we are killed, there will remain no one on the earth who will worship you after us. If Khidr was on the earth somewhere, then he cannot say such. So this is a proof that there is no one on the earth who is worshipping Allah at that time except the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ and his followers. He said, if we are exterminated, there will remain no one on the earth who will worship you after us. And that is a clear proof that Khidr is not here. He was a human being and he has died like every human being. Wallahu uh, As far as the Sufis being uh, kuffar, well, uh, we say that whoever believes those things that are kufr, then that person is a kafir. That is a general statement. Yani whoever believes in that which nullifies the Islam, which negates the foundations of Islam, then that person is a kafir. However, if there is an individual who is claiming such belief, we don't say that that person he is a kafir unless the proofs have been presented and arguments have been made and the issue have been clarified for him such that he understands that the evidences are clear and they are presented properly so that the person understands that indeed they are in error and if they insist and persist in following that error after that 
then uh, they would fall into kufr in that way. But not after the proofs are presented and the prohibitive factors are removed. Should anybody uh, try to claim to make a ruling on someone as being a kafir due to a belief that they hold or a statement that they made on action that they have done. So we don't say that these people, all of those who believe that, specifically that they are kafirs, but we say that belief is a, is a belief of kufr and whoever believes that he is a kafir. But until that person is, is made clear, the proofs are presented and the matter is made clear to him, as Shaykh al-Salaam said, that those who he have argued with in his time, he said that after I have pre- presented to them the proofs against what they are standing upon, indeed, if I have believed what they are believing, I will be a kafir. However, because they remain shubahat upon them and they are not understanding the issue, after he has presented the proofs, and he is the greatest scholar of his time, and he has presented the proofs in the best way and still they are, they are confused. So he said, we don't declare them to be Catholics. So what about the people today? Who has presented the proofs to the deviant people today as Shaykh al-Sallam has presented in his time and he said, we don't declare them to be Catholics. Wallahu a'lam. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Shadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa tubu